Here on my show, it's time to head overseas. On the ground, bringing you stories from every corner of the globe on Times Radio. And yes, it is on the ground where we speak to correspondents around the world about the big stories that are making headlines on their patch. And today we're in Mexico City for the extraordinary story of how the man who took on the Mexico drug cartels is now himself on trial for corruption and distributing cocaine. John Bonfilio is a reporter there and returns to the program. John, welcome back. Good Mariela. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, but I'm all right. We're all very jealous of you being in Mexico, though. I'm sure you'll tell us stories that will raise the hairs on the back of our necks, but uh, at least for the sunshine and the temperature uh, at the moment. Pretty chilly here. Um, let's talk about this former head of Mexico's FBI, Gennaro Garcia Luna. Um, what's he accused of? He's been charged with a whole raft of uh, indictments, including collusion, trafficking, money laundering, uh, and etc. Uh, fundamentally, the big uh, talking point here, of course, surprise, is that this is the individual, not just the highest ranking Mexican official ever to stand trial in the US, but he is the individual who is regarded as being the architect on the war of drugs who designed its very existence in the early 2000s in the uh, government of uh, Felipe Calderón, who has now himself been charged with uh, with everything that he was meant to be uh, policing. I think as ever with things in Latin America and more specifically in, in Mexico. It, often in the news, we look for true, false, good guys, bad guys. But I think what's really interesting about this um, trial, this which is undoubtedly going to bring us jaw-dropping revelations, is that I think actually a number of things can be true at once. Uh, was he Mexico's uh, most important um, defense, public defender vis-a-vis uh, -vis the cartels? Uh, yeah, for sure. It, was he likely to, to have needed to have been involved with some cartels in order to actually um, make or bring those policies into place? I think that's also tr true here uh, as well. So this, much in the same way as the trial of El Chapo Guzman a couple of years ago in, in New York, this also has all the trappings of a, tr of a show trial brought in by the US to demonstrate what they are actually doing vis-a-vis -vis the cartels and, and drugs trafficking. And, of course, which you've said many times, Mariela, on, on your show as well, uh, something which fundamentally is not going to affect the supply and demand of, of drugs and the power of the cartels in Mexico. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what I was going to ask you. You know, if it is a show trial, what impact uh, will it have? So you're saying really just kind of superficial uh, PR uh, impact. But for, what about for Mexicans themselves who live with the sort of threat and the darkness of uh, a cartel-ruled country in some parts? Um, how disappointing is it for them to see someone like Gennaro Garcia Luna um, revealed as having been, uh, you know, in, in league with the cartels. Does it create a sense that, you know, all politics are, are rotten and, and, and that actually they might as well just give in to the cartels taking over because um, anyone else who can get some money out of it does? Yeah, I think so. I think there's a number of complications here. For sure, there is, in terms of public reaction, a rolling of the eyes when you hear this news and a sense of being unsurprised by these uh, by these eventualities, but also really a, a, a realization that there is, uh, at the very best, you know, a very thin line between politics and the cartels, and that actually 
what there is here is a, you know, a vast uh, power structure which has, uh, which I've often described in the past as being a sort of a parallel power structure to elected officials and, and so on, which actually has its tentacles right across uh, society. It, interestingly, there's uh, Adam Isaacson, the Director for Defense Oversight at the Washington Office on Latin America, has categorized this trial and other, again, in inverted commas, show trials, as just demonstrating the power of organized crime and the futility of the strategy that we've pursued on, on drugs for the last 40 years. So f- for sure, Mexico doesn't, or Mexicans, the public at large, doesn't like it, but it's definitely something that isn't new and that has been, uh, that had, uh, Mexico has coexisted with now for generations. I mean, there is evidence in Italy um, that some sections of the mafia, at least, have, have been reduced and, and kind of depowered, if that's a, if that's a word, you know, through a, a various initiatives. Is there any sense that anyone can take on the Mexican cartels? Are they just too huge? I mean, what would it take to change the dynamic? Well, the first thing that it would take to change the dynamic is not to be not to share a 2,000-mile border with uh, one of the most economically successful countries on earth uh, that has uh, rapacious demand for all manner of things, including, of course, uh, you know, narcotics. Mm. So, so that, mm. that coexistence with the U.S. is a massive crucifix for, for Mexico uh, in, in a variety of, of, of different ways. I mean, the, the classic line here is, so Mexico is so far from God and so close to the United States as a, as a maxim. Uh, but fundamentally, it would also re- require a, a, a root and branch fundamental restructure of uh, of economic policy and drugs policy, uh, probably hemispherically, if not uh, globally, which you do begin to see a little bit with the legalization uh, of some drugs such as marijuana in in, in the US. But but yeah, it, this is not, um, if you'd like, this is not a problem. Uh, that links to or relates to organized crime. It's a problem that organized crime makes the most of and involves itself in because the profits uh, involved. It's not in and of itself the, the organized crime that is at the heart of it. Mm, very interesting. Yeah, very good point. Um Uh, In another story, uh, in Mexico City, I think 6,000 National Guard officers are being posted on the subway system. Um, I presume that's not to do battle with um, tube-taking cartels. This is fascinating because this is one of those stories which touches on so many different things. Over the the last, there's been a couple of big accidents on the Mexico City metro, which historically is one of the finest on earth and really a safe way to, to, to travel on on public transport, but these incidents, uh, accidents, breakdowns, mechanical problems that have taken place over the last few months, that Claudia Sheinbaum, the, the mayor, has recently described as being not normal and has intimated, without directly saying, that it involves some kind of sabotage. So in association with the Mexican president, uh, Andres Manuel López Obrador, they've uh, deployed the National Guard across the metro to instill confidence, which leaves Mexico asking itself a whole series of questions. Firstly, is it sabotage? Uh, likely not. Uh, I mean, it's more likely to do with maintenance and decay and absence of financing. If it was sabotage, who would it be? And, you know, the only people that it could be potentially would be uh, the cartels, but the cartels definitely do things in a much more direct way. They wouldn't involve themselves in cloak and dagger stuff, and they don't have motivation in that regard either. So then the question is, why has Shane Baum said this about sabotage? And it all links into her future presidential ambitions. The fact that 
the, the decline of the Mexico City metro is her biggest Achilles heel. And so she wants to point the finger elsewhere, uh, away for her, from her administration, so she doesn't take the hit from it. And then the other thing is the National Guard, this quasi-military, fairly new organization branch of the police, which has been deployed, which leaves people as well, uh, continuing to ask the question about what is the National Guard? What are they there for? Is their mission creep? Because historically, the army and uh, the military in Mexico were, were very much on the side. But certainly during this recent administration, there's been uh, a huge expansion of their powers and presence into what were previously aspects of civilian life. And, uh, and what worries people here on the ground more than anything is that where we have seen that military expansion uh, across Latin America in the past, it has inevitably led to civil rights uh, abuses. Mm, very interesting. Dark days in some ways. Um, and dark days for smokers, though maybe that's not such a bad, say, bad thing because I, I think Mexico is becoming one of the most difficult countries on earth to have a cigarette. Why is, is that? The world's, um, uh, amongst the most world's most stringent laws for past... Uh, over a year ago now, 2021, have just been implemented, which removes tobacco entirely from the public sphere. And in a, in a similar way to New Zealand, what is interesting about this is because the intent is to remove it from future public consciousness as well. So it is now illegal to smoke in any and all public spaces. It had been the case in bars, restaurants, hotels, and so on prior to this. But now you're on a park, you can't smoke, highway, beach. If you're up a mountain, you also uh, can't can't smoke. No advertising is allowed. Of course, we, we know that. Uh, we've seen that more internationally, and it's uh, cigarettes are hidden away at points of sale, so they cannot be uh, displayed as well. But this is certainly being regarded internationally as something of groundbreaking registration uh, legislation, which undoubtedly we're going to hear across news cycles. As in particular, the tourism sector, tourists uh, come uh, come into conflict with with these new laws. And does it work? I mean, are there any smokers left in, in Mexico? It sounds like it's quite the challenge. Yeah, I, I, there certainly are. I mean, I've seen smokers over the last uh, few days. I think this is going to be a gradual implementation uh, across the country. It's more likely going to be immediately implemented in the big cities with substantial police forces. But I, I think uh, it will be. It will uh, fundamentally function we have the same uh, worries or, or uh, concerns about the implementation of this tobacco law as we had with the previous tobacco law in 2008 was implemented and the same as took place in the UK and Ireland and so on that it was unenforceable but we saw that that was uh, enforceable and certainly uh, police officers here are more than happy to take you to generally to take you to one side and tell you what you're perhaps doing slightly wrong and uh, and negotiating a release fee uh, as a result of. Well, John, that has been incredibly fascinating on so many different levels. Thank you so much uh, for filling us in on what's happening on the ground in Mexico. Um, and do come back very soon. That was John Bonfilio in Mexico City talking to me here on Times Radio. And from Mexico to Whitehall, 